Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. this morning I'm just going to take a few moments so we're sharing a series together I say we there's a number of different people are going to be speaking over the next few weeks and over the summer period we're going to spend summer in the Psalms and we're taking up the theme sailor and uh, this morning I'm going to look at Psalm 1 and the theme is blessed blessed the theme is blessed and how to know the blessing and the hand of God upon your and my my life and uh, that's where we're going, and I'll explain what that's about over the next uh, few moments. So, you know, um, we look forward to the summer holidays. I'm sure you, you, if you've had yours, you're probably looking forward to the next one now. But, but those of us that, that, that you're, you're looking forward to a break, and it's good to have a holiday. It's good to have a break during the, during the holiday and a rest. We have a rest we have relaxation, we recuperate, we, we catch up, we're refreshed. And so there's something about the summer period, whether you do it on staycation or whether you're going to do that by getting away, it's, it's good for the soul, it's good, it's good for heart and life. And, and, so, and so it is. And lots of people, there's that summer feeling at the moment. Uh, I, well, I was going to say the weather is warmer. It sort of is and it sort of isn't. But you know, there's that feeling with people coming and going and people coming back red, or bronzed, or tanned, or whatever it might be, uh, depending. Uh, people, people looking forward to going. There's that sort of feel in the air. And, and, so, and that's so good. It's so good. But uh, I want to ask you, what about soul rest? What about the rest also for your soul? It's good. And, and so, and, uh, you know, next week, Helen and I, we're getting away, and I'm looking forward to, to resting and relaxing. But also... We need that physical, emotional unwinding and enjoyment and time with the people that we love and, and just enjoying a bit of scenery or whatever it might be and relaxing. Absolutely. And, and I'm looking forward to that. But I also want to say, what about rest for your soul during that time as well? Uh, and this time. And Sailor is a series that we, we feel, I felt really exercised about encouraging. So this morning I praise an encouragement an inspiration, maybe a challenge to look at also rest for my soul. And what does that mean? And so we're, as we look at the Psalms together, different people are going to come and look and share. We're going to find what it means to find rest, refreshment, restoration, encouragement, to know the hand of God, to know God, to be at one and in a place with God, to be renewed in God. And uh, that's what we're hoping and praying that you and we will find. And whether we can listen to this to a podcast sitting beside a pool or looking out at the seaside, eating away at your ice cream or whatever it, you might be doing, uh, people will be listening to this, an opportunity to reflect. And that's our hope and prayer. Sailor, the word sailor means pause, reflect, listen. There's a lot of debate. It's a Hebrew word. It, it, it literally sort of, there's a lot of debate on this translation. But if you read the Psalms, you'll often come by this word and it will be actually included in the English translation. And you'll read a, a few verses and it goes, Selah. 
And you read a few more verses in a certain psalm, it will say sailor. And you read a few more verses and it will say sailor. And the word sailor is a Hebrew word. Uh, and it, it, it sort of, the, the jury's out on, on its full meaning, but roughly translated, it means pause, reflect, listen. It could be that it's a musical term. It's like a pause in the music where you have this crescendo. The psalms are often songs, poetry, sung or recited to God. And there's a crescendo and you come to a point where, say, like you pause. You reflect on what's been said or you reflect on God. And there's a next move. In an orchestra, there's, there's certain pauses. The conductor reads the sign and can There's a lull and then a new crescendo. And sailor could be this sort of musical term, but it's more than a musical term of pause. It carries with it an aspect of slow down, stop for a minute, know God, pause on your life, reflect, listen. And and, and so it has this aspect of... of, of, uh, being renewing, reflecting, reflecting on who God is, the, the, the renewing power of the Holy Spirit coming back and doing our hearts and lives. And, and so this is the, and so our, our aspiration over these next number of weeks over the summer is as we look at the Psalms, and different people will come at it from different ways and different angles, is that we'll have a sense of catch the spirit of what we're trying to, to do as a church during this, these next five, six weeks, is not just spend it, and the Psalms are beautiful, but is an opportunity for while you're relaxing or resting or getting away, is also get away with God and in a, a moment of reflection, of listening, of hearing, of opening your heart, coming to the heartbeat, opening your hearts and joining the heartbeat of God. So that's where we're going. So Psalm 1. So I, I particularly want to just pick up on Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. And the theme is blessed. So would you, if you'll turn with me to Psalm 1, I'm reading from the New King James. It'd be slightly different to maybe if you've got a more modern translation, but it's, there's a similar sense there. So Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, reads like this. Blessed is the man, that means man or woman or person, but blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, her delight, our delight, that person, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. The result of that is this. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does, does shall prosper. And whatever he does shall prosper. So, with the time that we have this morning, let's dive into that straight away. Blessed, that word blessed, blessed. Uh, Jesus, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, carries the same word. Blessed or blessed. Blessed here in the Hebrew language literally means this. It means uh, to be straight, level, right. Just stay with me just for a minute as we just look at this word. It's quite an amazing word. It literally means to be, it's the Hebrew word asher, and it literally means to be straight, level, right. When we're speaking of God, it means in line with. 
to walk the straight life, the level right, the right life, to be in line with God. Can you see that? There's like a plumb line lining up. And, and the word Asher has this aspect of being level, straight, right, lined up in heart and spirit. And it also carries out of that a sense of joy, happiness, fulfillment in God and with God. Now, it's a big mouthful to unpack that one word, but the Hebrew word literally means, you can look these things up for yourself. Uh, It literally means that. It means to have a life that is fulfilled in God, with God. Why? Because my heart is lined up, straightened with. I'm in right heart with God. And in that, there comes a sense of joy and overwhelming fulfillment. It bubbles up. Jesus said rivers of living water would flow out from our lives in the New Testament. And this is what the blessed life, the blessed life comes as we, our hearts are lined up with him. And he says there, the psalmist says, now this psalm, Psalm 1, is like a doorway to the rest of the psalms. It sets up the whole book of psalms. So Psalm 1 is a very special book. It's quite an amazing book. It's like a summary to all the psalms. It's like an open way a doorway that sums up the rest of the Psalms. And if you get this, you'll then be prepared as you open up the books one, book two, book three of the Psalms. They're, they're pulled together. And so this, there's this understanding of being right, straight, level, heart in, in line with, where there's a sense of fulfillment with God, in God, and a sense of joy and overwhelming, bubbling up fulfillment and happiness that comes. So it's more than just being happy, you can see in what we've just uh, shared there. So there's a number of things, and this is uh, quite quite amazing, actually. So it's beautifully written, and it's constructed in almost threes. And and so there's there's some things to to, to be blessed, blessed, to live that fulfilled joy, life in God, fulfilled in God and with God. There's three things that we'll not do, three things that we will do, and then three outcomes. It's, and it's, it's, written, it's written there before you. Three things. So it says this. Blessed is the person, the one, the man, the woman, who does not. Or um, it says there in, in the translation that I read, who walks not. Uh, the NIV says does not. And there's three things there. Does not walk in step with the wicked or the ungodly. Does not stand in the way of sinners and does not sit in the company of mockers. Can you see it there? Three things. Walk, stand, sit. It's quite amazing. Walk, stand, sit. And it says that those that are blessed, they will not walk in step with the wicked. They will not stand in the way of sinners, and they will not sit in the company of mockers. This describes a subtle slide to self. A subtle, slight, that what you see described, walk, stand, sit, is a subtle description of a slide to self. What we have there is this gradual move. We're encouraged to walk in this way, walk in the way of the Lord, walk in it. And yet, if we can find ourselves sometimes in life drifting a little, you know, we said at the beginning of the year, the Maybe the past year had been a year of drift. And we felt as a church that God's speaking to us, this would be a year of flow. And sometimes in life, we can, we, can, we can drift a little. We can walk, not in the way of the Lord, but we can find ourselves walking in a way that's not God's way. And it can be subtle. You know, you're not a bad person. You're not, not, you know, 
but we can find ourselves. And, and this is what the psalmist said. And it's describing a subtle shift, a subtle slide, and, and encouraging us not to. So it's not like, you mustn't do this. This is an encouragement. And if we can walk in the way of the Lord, in other words, the opposite would be to walk in God's way. But we can find ourselves sometimes in our lives just walking not quite God's way. A little bit my way and a little bit God's way or, and a little bit the way of others. And, and there's a challenge to compromise in the age in which we live. You know, not really fully hold on to Jesus. You know, the, you don't really believe that, do you? And you go, well, well, and, and, if we, and so we can walk. But it, walk, if we continue to walk that way rather than God's way, you find yourself then standing. The, the subtle walk can find us in a place where we stand. And uh, we're encouraged to, having done all in Ephesians chapter 6, stand. Stand on the word of God. Standing God, aren't we? And yet we can find ourselves, if we're not walking God's way and standing on the word, we can find ourselves standing on what other people say. The ideology of our age. You have to accept, this is what the world believes. And you find yourself standing on that thought if we don't find ourselves standing on God's word, you know, the Bible, you know, in the Bible we read that the heart is desperately wicked. And if, and if we don't stand on God's word, we'll hear other voices. If you don't hear the voice of God, this is why we're saying encourage over the, this, these next weeks and months to just hear the voice of God for your life, hear the Holy Spirit. If you don't hear the Holy Spirit, you'll hear another voice, your own voice and other voices, and the heart will graduate and you'll find yourself standing. As we begin to walk, as you slight, shift a little... It's so subtle. Rather than walking in the way of the Lord, you start to walk a little bit your own way in the way of others. and You find yourself standing if we don't stand upon his word. And then, if you find yourself standing, you find yourself, after a while, if you stand there long enough, you sit. You'll sit. You begin to imbibe the ways of this world, the ideology of this age. We're invited Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock in the book of Revelation. And he says, I want to come in. And if I do, then we will eat together. In other words, we sit at a banquet. In, in, the, in the 23rd Psalm, you know, he prepares a table for me. We're encouraged to sit in banquet with Jesus, eat with Jesus. But if we don't go the way, walk, stand, stand on the word, begin to walk and believe what we believe, we find, and we, we, we do the way of this world and stand upon what the world says, we will find ourselves sitting in the ideology of this age. And it's as subtle as that. And what the psalmist is sharing here is a subtle shift of self. So it says, blessed is the one who doesn't walk, stand, sit in the way of this world, but walk, stand, opposite that, is walk with Jesus, stand on God's word, sit, and imbibe his presence and presence with, with him and, and have a banquet. So there's those three, you know, simple things that, you know, that, that, that are there that not, but then there's three to do, does. And this I find quite amazing. Uh, he says, goes on to say, but in verse 2, so that's verse 1. In verse 2, we now read three amazing things. Look in verse 2. But do delight, you know, his delight is in the law of the Lord and, his, and in his law he meditates day and night. In other words, do delight in the law of the Lord and meditate 
Do, meditate on it and do it day and night. There's, there's three do's. If, if there was the three don'ts, now we come to three as it was do's and encouragements. And the word delight there says, delight in the law of the Lord. You know, the, the law, the law of the Lord there is, you know, more, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the first five books, it was called the law. But we would understand that as the whole council of scripture now was on the Old and New Testament. We stand on God's word, in other words. And so we're encouraged in, in, in looking at this side of the, New, the Old Testament, now we're into the New Testament here, is, is the understanding of those that delight in God's word. We're encouraged to delight in God's word. And God. Now it's interesting, in the Old Testament, the law ultimately led to despair because people couldn't really... That's why Jesus came. People couldn't live up to the law. In the New Testament, we live this side now, the resurrection, Jesus, it says of Jesus, he delighted to do the Father's will. I delight to do thy will. And so the encouragement for you and I today is, is to delight. And we do that through Jesus Christ. He is the delight it says, of Jesus. It says he delights to do the Father's will. Before, with the Old Testament on its own, people could never have lived, that was the, the live, to live up to the law. You only have to break even one part of that. That's why we, have the, we live in the age of grace, whereas through Jesus Christ and through his forgiveness and his life in us, and by faith, that we can now live the life. And we're encouraged, therefore, to delight in his law, delight in God's word, and we do that through Jesus. I don't know about you, but f- you know, for me, I, it's to pray. You know, as I as I read, as I as I read your word, Lord, as I, help me now, Holy Spirit, that I, this might jump out the page. I might delight. I delight in you. I delight in your word, which is delighting in you. To delight in you, and so when I um, read the, the the Bible, as I pray and speak to Jesus. I often pray, help me, Lord. You know, human nature is the way that we are. We walk away. We go our own way. We go on automatic pilot. We get used to life. We get used to this. You can get used to being a Christian. You can get used to reading the Bible. You, you can go on automatic pilot where you might not ever read. You get used. You, dare I say, we can even get used to, as it were, the presence of God. And there's something about coming back again and again. Don't wait for a revival. Pray, may I delight in you, Lord. You know, lots of Christians are waiting for a revival, but, uh, but God, God is calling us to, to stir our hearts and to say, Lord, help me. I, I want to delight in you, Jesus. Delight in you, Holy Spirit. Delight in your word, Father. And I, I guarantee, as you pray like that and you read like that, you will find the word of God will jump out because it's a living word. The word of God is living and active and it will jump out the page. It will jump in your heart and you will become alive to him. So it's the word there is to delight. It says they will delight. And then it goes on to say there, and that's my encouragement to, to pray. It goes on to say, and they delight and they will meditate on it day and night. Meditate. That word meditate, it literally, now the word meditate there isn't uh, to empty the mind, as in, you know, new age meditation, but to fill the mind. In new age meditation, you empty the mind where there's a nothingness and you're filled with all sorts of things. With biblical meditation, we're talking about filling our minds. 
Filling our minds with the thoughts of Jesus. Filling our minds with the word of God. Filling our minds with all of him. Okay? And uh, the word meditate literally means to, to, to like chew over. And, uh, you know, you would, if you had a, if, I don't know whether you like steak or not, but if you like a piece of steak, I know Andrew probably likes a bit of steak, and um, with his fish and chips and pizza. <laughs> but if you like a piece of steak, you wouldn't just gulp it down straight away. You've probably heard this. You wouldn't just go, boom. Wouldn't be good for your health. Might get stuck in your throat. And it definitely wouldn't be good in your stomach for digestion. You chew on it. For everyone that is vegetarian, if you like your nut roast, I'm not, I'm not being silly. I'm, you, know, you know, if you're vegetarian, that's fine. It's good. And, and if you like meat, then that's up to you, whatever, whatever. But uh, it, if you like your nut roast, you won't, because it will get stuck in You chew it, don't you? If you like the steak, you're going to chew it. And, that's, and so with the word of God, you don't quit read and it gets stuck. You've got to chew on it. That's what it means to meditate. I'll explain a little bit more. So, because that's when you chew on something. My mum used to say to, I've got one of four brothers, four of us. She make, my mum used to make rock cakes, rock cakes. Had a big jar like this of rock cakes. She'd make them and me and my brothers would eat them as just after she made them. And she used to say to us, chew, you know, we just gulp, gulp them down. She would often, often say to us, chew, chew. And there's something about chewing and to, 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 to come over and chew over the, the word. And this is what it means to, and don't forget, this is what, so blessed, blessed life are those that, that chew, that chew over the word of, the word of God. The, the, and, and, and so, but, but it goes further than that. The word meditate there. It's really interesting. It literally means, it's a Hebrew word, and it means to murmur, mutter to yourself in a quiet sound the words that you are reading. So the actual Hebrew word there, and this is where we get this idea of chewing over something, okay? This is where the idea, the illustration of chewing over God's word comes from. It literally means to, um, as you read the verses that you read, you you you. You read them and you speak them out. It's, it's, a, it's a, an ancient Hebrew uh, way of, it literally means, to, this, is, this is what it literally means. It, you, you, you read the word, you, you focus on the word. Uh, as you read it, they would um, speak it out, but in a gentle way and go over it. It's not like... I'm not advocating saying a mantra for some people that get, might start to get alarmed. Um, the, you know, in the way in which it's written there. And so the tradition, the Hebrew tradition, you're, you might see this. I'm not advocating this, but this, I just want to get to the idea of chewing over for a minute. It's, that's the spirit of what I'm trying to convey. But in ancient Hebrew tradition, um, they would repeat a specific test, text in a sort of like a soft manner, and they would speak it to, to themselves. So it might be something like, if I was going to meditate on for God, John 3.16, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son, it, it, they, would, they would take that, for God so loved the world that he gave. And they would speak, they would, and they might focus in on, for God so loved, for God so loved, for God so loves Adrian, for God so loves me, God so, and they would, it, it, it was a way of, of just focus, it focuses and chews over, and, and with prayer, 
And um, this is something. And so what you would, and they would find, and so you find uh, the, this tradition in, in, in Hebrew culture, and this was coming out of the pages of the, or the psalmist would have been introduced to this culture, right? Um, it, there's this, it would be linked with a sort of an intense prayer that would bring communion, the presence of God, because the, the word written points to the word living, Jesus. A man called Richard Baxter was a Puritan father. He was a pastor in a place called Kidderminster in the 1600s, one of our Pur the Puritan fathers. And Richard Baxter, in a town of 2000, saw the whole town evangelised and saw a great revival in the town of Kidderminster. It was only 2,000 people at that time. And Richard Baxter, if you read some of his writings, speaks of meditation, meditating on the word of God. He took, you know, what Joshua, God says to Joshua, do not let this book of the law depart from your lips. You read it in Joshua. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. There's this idea of speaking it out, thinking it over, praying it into being over your life, meditating. Uh, it's, a, it's a lost art in parts of the church today. And uh, Richard Baxter took this, and he, he, he talks about spiritual meditation on the word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit and praying and seeking Jesus. And uh, he, he said that he would fix his mind on a particular truth, speak to your heart and mind until God becomes near. Three things there. He'd fix his mind on a particular truth, like I've just said, so for, for God so loved. He would then speak your mind until, until God becomes near. Meditate on the word. And for you and I, and, 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 so, and, and so, yeah, so what you'll find in Hebrew culture, they, and I'm, I'm not saying do this per se now, but you'll see in, uh, by the Wailing Wall, they'll, be, they'll say a prayer or they'll, they'll go over a certain scripture and they'll rock as they're speaking, they're meditating and speaking out certain words. I'm not saying do that, right? I, you know, but I, what I'm saying is the, the, the thought where it says there, delight in the Lord, meditate on his word, come and speak it over, read over it, focus on that verse. Rather than, I have my reading for today, I read through it, tick, reading for tomorrow, focus on something of, in God's word, speak it out on our life, there will come a point where you will chew over it that it nourishes your soul. I can't explain that. That's spiritual. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And God comes near. God comes near. Isn't it interesting? On the road to Emmaus, the, the disciples said, did not our hearts become strangely warm as he opened up the scriptures to us upon the road? God comes near. Finally, with this we'll close. And, and, and so, and no, so, I'm sorry, so, sorry, uh, it says day and night, there's rhythm. In other words, come back again and again. And so there's this encouragement of coming before God, speaking out his name, loving him in prayer, welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit, reading his word, focusing, speaking it out of your life, lingering on that for a moment, thinking about it, letting it become part of me. So as I said, for God so loves the world. Um, if I'm, I know that scripture so well, oh, it's an evangelistic. But how about you apply it? I apply it to my heart. For God so loves. 
The word so is so amazing. It speaks of intensity. And I've meditated on that, and I've picked up the intensity that he so loves me. So loves you. So loves you so much. How beautiful is that? And you'll find as you focus and you begin to, with a rhythm, it says day and night. Now, it means coming again, coming again. I'm not going to say to you, you've got to do it at this time, that time, and this amount of time. That's up to you. But you come again. You come again. This is what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus. You can't have a course to learn that and do that. It's something we imbibe and lay hold of. And then there's three final things that we find and with this. And the outcome of this is the blessed life. It says you'll be planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. Three amazing things. How beautiful. This is the blessed life. You'll find yourself planted by streams of water. It, this is written in a time in the east. It was so dry and arid. And so throughout the east, water is life. If, you, if you've lived in a country that's very hot and dry, you know that water is life. If you've ever been in the Middle East or you've visited the Middle East, you'll know that where there's water, you find there's, there's life, there's plants. And so this is amazing. Uh, and it says that you'll be planted where there's life. That's what it's basically saying. And in, throughout the Old and in the New Testament, where you see water, it's very often the Holy Spirit it's an illustration, an allusion to the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the flow of God, the blessing of God, the love of God, the sustenance of God, flowing in and through your heart and out and through your life. You, you read throughout the Old and the New Testament. And so when it says that you'll be planted in, the, in that time, they would have understood this as being, wow, I'll be in a place of life, a place of hope, a place of flow, a place of the Holy Spirit, a place of the presence of God, a place, to, a place of sustenance, of personal renewal planted by streams of water. Oh my word, I don't know about you, but I want to be planted where the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit flowing through my life. Oh, Holy Spirit, flow through us and out amongst us. And it says, and then you will yield your fruit in season. Jesus, in, in uh, uh, John chapter uh, uh, 15, speaks uh, of, of abundant fruit, abiding. When we abide, there'll be a, a fruit in abundance. As we're pruned, we have an abundance of fruit, Love, joy, peace, patience, you know, kindness, hope, forgiveness, the grace of God. There'll, there'll be a, a tremendous fruit. There'll be seasonal fruit. We'll be fruitful. We'll have a fruitfulness. I meet so many Christians that don't feel fulfilled, don't feel fruitful, uh, and, and we will be fruitful. And then finally it says, whose leaf does not wither. And that's speaking about ever, being evergreen. Being renewed, staying fresh. I've been a Christian nearly 40 years. I want to stay evergreen. I want to be renewed. I've been reminded of my age today. <laughs> I'm so thankful to Alex. Alex, you said to me, yes, Alex, you. I'm thankful to you. You said to me the other day when we were sitting in the garden munching our chips, uh, you said, I can't believe, Adrian, you're 60. You look so young. Good guy. What an amazing man. I am so thankful. You look so young, he said. I thought, <laughs> it's like, you don't look your age. You know, you know that you are aged. <laughs> I want to be evergreen. 
I think we can be renewed in our spirit that you even look young. Not that if you look old, you're not evergreen. I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? Oh, I've got to cover every base today, haven't you know? You know what I mean? But, but we, can, we, can be, we can be renewed. Don't wait. Jump in now. Oh, my word. This is the power of meditating on the word written, meeting with the word living, Jesus. The word written points to Jesus, the word living. We can meet with him, be renewed. You'll be evergreen. Don't you want to be a Christian that is renewed? Don't you want to be fresh? Don't you want to feel young in spirit? So I'm 40 years in as a Christian. I, so Helen and I, we, we are praying, my wife and I, we are praying that, you know, um, so for us it's sort of 30, 30 plus, 33 years of Christian ministry. There's a certain amount of, I mean, I pray that there'll be lots of years of ministry, but there's official, what they call, certain amount of ministry. And there's only a certain amount that I look ahead. And I think... As I look ahead, I want, to, I want to do well. I want to be just as fresh as when I was starting out in ministry as when I'm moving on forward in ministry. Not that I'm looking to come to the end of ministry, but you know what I mean. Um, and uh, I'm not going to look to hold on to things. I'm going to let, let, let God do what he wants to do. But I want to, for Helen and I, we're saying we want to finish well. I'm not looking to finish soon, but I, we want to, I, want, I want to be evergreen. And we have a real desire to be renewed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit flowing through our hearts and lives, flowing in our church and be renewed again. And that, that's a real desire. And I think here, as we pause, stop, listen, reflect on him, embrace him, that we can know the presence of the Spirit of God. God bless you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We're going to ask the worship team to come and uh, we're going to take communion together. God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we love you, we honour you. And as we take communion together, Pastor Andy leads us in communion. We embrace all that you have for us today. Lord Jesus, we feast on your life. You are the resurrection and the life. You're the resurrection and the life. We're so thankful that today we come before you. So we open up our hearts and lives to you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, that we might be renewed in you. Whether we're, you know, just a few months in faith, in 40, 50, 60 years in faith, we pray for a spirit of renewal and your Holy Spirit to be released in our hearts and through and amongst us. And as we meditate on your word, will you jump out the page, Jesus, I pray, and renew people's hearts and lives. And particularly over this summer period, even if someone's listening to this by a pool somewhere, may they be renewed in the love for you and your love for them. And I pray, Lord, that you'll be so near and so real and so alive in their lives and our lives today and in our hearts. Holy Spirit, will you come and flow in and through us, we pray and reach out from us to touch those around us that we might bear fruit, be fruitful, be evergreen and be planted by rivers of life. And may we be life givers to others as we are planted by life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And for your glory, we ask. Amen.